This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer. I'm Phil Kirkbride and today joined by Dave Prentice, Gav Buckland and Paul Wheelock as we sift through all the main talking points and chew the fat of the big stories at Goodison this week. On the agenda for Friday's podcast as we look ahead to the trip to Watford. Of course, top of the agenda, Troy Deeney's uh, rather spicy comment, should we say. Um, Family podcast, but I'm sure we can. Uh, <laughs> you get the picture from when we relay what he said. Uh, Silver's reaction: What's what does Silver have in store for him as he goes back to Watford? And obviously, the bad blood that still runs deep. Uh, we'll be looking at the bomb squad. The players dropped to varying degrees for the midweek game in City, and ask the lads what they think that means and if there's any significance. And we'll also be discussing the resurgence and the superb performance of Tom Davis, who captained the side against Manchester City. Uh, on Wednesday night, um, Preno, you know, you know, Troy Deeney's comments um, obviously fired a bit, a, a bit of a jibe at the manager, um, but also then said, "Leave him alone. Let us kick the brown stuff <laughs> out of them." Um, what did, first of all, what did you make of Dean? Deeney's always got, always says what he thinks, and I think that's why people respect him, and and he's that type of he plays in that way, doesn't he? But um, uh, did he overstep the mark, or was he simply playing to the gallery? Uh, no, of Watford fans. I haven't forum? got an issue with it at all. I mean, you could argue that you know a guy who's been in trouble with the law in the past for you know sort of violence related issues, maybe he could have used uh, you know sort of different phraseology, but it's it's just pretty much psychology you know he's just trying to get into Everson's heads he's trying to tell the Everson players that you know you're going to be up for a bit of a battle at the weekend you know you could argue that he wasn't even you know being that you know uh, showing that much foresight in what he was saying he was just you know talking in an unguarded moment to fans at a fans forum maybe not expecting even that the uh, you know the words would get out there but they have and it's not really an issue he's probably thinking great that's you know planted a seed of doubt into Everton's minds uh, you would hope that Marco Silva will be using it as uh, you know a psychological lift for his players saying look what this guy thinks he can walk all over you you know so come on let's get, get about them if anything it'll be a test of Everton's character. Have they got enough characters in the squad to stand up and be counted and have a go back at Troy Deeney? This happened a long, long time ago in the past uh, with a guy, Billy Whitehurst, who was a, an absolute beast of a footballer that played up front for Oxford United. And he was the guy responsible for putting Paul Bracewell out mm. for the best part of two and a half years. And that Everton team was full of characters. You know, they they could scrap Andy Gray, Peter Reid, you know, uh, you know Graham Shaw, Pat Van Den Howe. They loved to fight. They loved the physical battle. And uh, before Everton played, was it Newcastle he'd moved on to uh, when they next came up against them? And they're in a the tunnel before hands and they were all you know raring for it and Billy White has just turned to them and just said I know you're going to try and do me first one that comes near me gets it <laughs> no, no, no one went near him he was a formidable character Billy White says Troy Deeney's not quite as you know sort of formidable or physically you know sort of imposing but I hope that Everton do respond in the right way and get about Watford and show they've got a bit of balls and a bit of character and you know and show the requisite amount of fight Gav, do, do managers print Sorry, stuff? Sorry, a bit of a long preamble there. <laughs> well, you know. Gav, do, do managers still print stuff like that out and stick it on the changing room wall and there's your team talk, lads? Or is that just... I'm not sure. I'm not sure, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I'm not offended by it at all. I mean, we were talking about our shareholders I mean, the other week about like people in that sort of forum talk differently than what they will do more yeah. official 
you know, for him. And the same thing with Deeney last night, wasn't it? Not got a problem with it. I like Deeney, says what he thinks when there's, when there's people, you know, when we criticise football for being, you know, oh, monosyllabic yeah. and sort of playing the game. I appreciate somebody who comes out and sort of stirs things up a bit. He said some of the things about Arsenal, hasn't he, in the past? He, you know, he's been quite critical of them. About their bottle, yeah. Yeah, Which interesting was when Silva was still manager. Yeah, yeah. So uh, after the beat him, wasn't it? Yes, 2-1, yeah. yeah. So maybe this, he sort of got a similar attitude to Everton. So therefore, it's up to Everton, as Penno says, to prove him wrong. But I've not got a problem with it. It's quite entertaining. It gives us another angle on what's already an interesting little uh, <laughs> confrontation tomorrow. Well, Wheeler, on the flip side, I won't I won't name the uh, the chap uh, who got in touch, but a, f- a former football league referee got in touch with me this morning and said, "I hope the FA and the uh, the referee have been made aware of Troy Deeney's comments." He obviously took a dim view of them and said, "You know, effectively, it was unacceptable to say let's let us kick the beep out of them." Um, are you in agreement with Preno and Gav, or or, or is this has this gentleman got a point? I think we can't complain on footballers being kind of like media trained on one hand and then when they actually say something really interesting criticise them on the other so in that respect no but reading it as an Evertonian I got, I got quite fired up about it because you just don't <laughs> often see that do you no. you know someone be so blatant about what you know about the uh, the game coming up at the weekend and what he had to say it just depends on what happens doesn't it you know if they do go out and kick us all over the park, you know, maybe they will. Uh, I feel like because it's quite probate. Are you thinking, I'm keeping an eye on this Watford team, especially you, Deeney? Yeah, definitely I would. And I think he was a. He wasn't at a press conference, was he? It wasn't after yeah. a game. And maybe his guard was down a little bit. But, you know, he's clever enough now in the days of social media to know that that may have got out. And it's like what Preno said, maybe on the sly he was quite happy that he got out <laughs> yeah. you know just whip it up even further it's, I say it really did whip me up whip me up as a supporter and like as Gav said I, I, maybe they don't put it on the dressing room wall anymore but if I was an Everton player and I was reading that I, I'd hope it got got me motivated for you, the game. you would hope that Lee Probus is aware of this and you know because you know referees do go into matches with preconceptions you know we've, we've heard that many times about Duncan Ferguson in the past uh, keep an eye on him you know the famous one where he was coming on uh, because of his previous and so you know it could be counterproductive in that respect if you know because Troy Deeney is an aggressive footballer he is physical and you know you know maybe the referee will keep more of an eye on it if the referee is aware of it because I know you yourself you know still tried to get in touch with the FA Phil to find out all the Premier <laughs> League to find out, you know, so whether they were planning to take any action, and it appears that they're unaware of the comments at the moment. <laughs> yes. Maybe the time this podcast goes up, they will have, uh, they will have uh, decided if there's any action to be taken. But yes, they, they, uh, the, 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 the person in uh, on the end of the phone, the FA who I spoke to, hadn't been aware of the comments. So, Gav, uh, um, <coughs> who in the Everton team then? Is is strong enough to to stand up to a physical battle and and if this does descend into some sort of test oh. of will and and a, and a scrap and I don't know are they the last few years our biggest scraps we've had Bournemouth of all people mm. they? haven't they really they've all been feisty haven't they but do you yeah. think do you think Deeney maybe yeah. I mean yeah, I, I, I don't know yeah. how 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 much he, he thought about what he was going to say but do you think maybe in his subconscious he's, there's, there's a perception that Everton are an easy touch I think there probably is. Mm. I mean, I think I think large swathes of our supporters would probably probably agree that would. I mean, I'm just trying to think of the. You know, you look at them and you think we're not we're not necessarily like a big team, are we? As such, um, they're not not a lot of teams are are, are they really? Um, 
it's gone away from it. In the early 2000s, everybody had to be six foot four, yeah. didn't they, and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, moved it's, mo- it's moved away from that, hasn't it, over the last uh, last five or ten years? Size doesn't matter, though. It's about yeah. character and Yeah, fight. that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. We know what I mean. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Peter Reid, Wayne Rooney, you know, yeah, they're, they're yeah, fair, fair points. What I'm saying yeah. in terms of, like, physically... Um, Somebody I've got advantage if you like Billy Whitehurst, um, <laughs> to be fair. Um, I'd say Kurt would be mm. one definitely. Mm, yeah, you want to get into it, uh, grapple with Kurt, would you? <laughs> I think Luca Dean can probably look after himself as well, can't yeah. he? Um, then it becomes a little bit more difficult to say. Um, the obvious Chenk, yeah, I think. I mean, it's one of Chenk's strengths, isn't he? He's quite robust isn't he um, then maybe not many more than that but that's not necessarily a reflection of the character of the team it's just the char- you know the makeup of modern football football teams um, but they'd be the sort of three if you say from 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 Wednesday I mean the one player or two I do worry about on that that um, respect is Richarlison okay. who I think teams have now got on to like mm. if you can sort of rough them up a little bit and get them a little bit upset with things and it's not going his way I think his, his head may go down a little bit and he's you know he will be the one player I think ironically going to offer do who they may look at and and have a look at maybe our last four or five games and think well actually if we do kick the you mm. know he might be the person to uh, if he starts to, I mean that'd be, starts, it, it could be a, I know a sensible decision to leave him most yeah, yeah yeah but if, if you're talking about just generally, not not tomorrow. One player who would think that perhaps needs to look after himself a little bit more. He'd definitely be on there. All the rest is just like modern players, aren't mm. they? Really? I think he looks a bit immature, Richarlison, at least. You know, nice. like you know, because he is a twenty-one-year-old kid, isn't yeah, he? He's absolutely. only in his second season, so I'm not actually criticising by saying there. But obviously, it's not going well for the team. And there's there's been a couple of times where he's just looked around, hasn't he? Put yeah. his hands up in the air, and I just thought he looks like he's a, he's a kid who's struggling a little could, bit. Could he just be getting fed up of being kicked? Possibly, yeah, yeah. I'd Possibly, yeah. Yeah, and he has been, but that's what maybe the point is. You wish we sometimes we had a player that could then go and kick the lad who's kicking him. Which I, I know like we need Deeney. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, but I still think there's a place for those players in the modern game, even though it's changed. And I thought the previous game at Goodison, the two-two draw, I thought they were physically they, just stronger. Yeah, you, yeah. you look yeah. after your mates, don't yeah. you? And if, yeah. if one of your players yeah. is getting kicked around, you know, so you do try and look after him, and you don't really see that, you know mob mentality in the Everson setup at the moment. You don't see three or four players piling in to get into a you know a opponent's face. Seamus Coleman's the only player I can think of that's done it in recent years. And you know, he does it on his own, you know, so without any backup. You think in the past of, you know, so three and four players are you know leading yeah. a charge into the referee's face. I haven't seen that for a long time. I think I think Gav's right in saying I think I think Luca Dean's got that temperament. Yeah. I've I've seen it on a few occasions. I think he yeah, yeah he's heart on the sleeve type I, stuff, isn't he? I think um Gomez as well, but yeah. I think he's a bit more ill-disciplined. About it. I yeah. think I think I think the pro- I do like him as a player. Obviously, he's got his characteristics and stuff that that's positive. But he can be a bit you know gets red mist occasionally, doesn't he? Mm. And there's been at least one game this year where he's been lucky to stay hmm. on the pitch. Yeah, maybe two. And I think he'd be another one if we talk about this type of game. <laughs> that they probably if they watched our last sort of seven or eight games, or like we'll sort of give him a couple of. Uh, Diggs as well but Richarlison he's paid isn't he to, to, to not get bored of getting tackled all the time he's paid to score goals I think uh, the thing that worries me about yeah. Richarlison I mean the, the Bournemouth game yeah he was getting like a few digs in the back of the head yeah. and stuff and he wasn't very well protected that game but 
a lot of the time he goes to ground far too easily and yeah. he's looking for free kicks. Or I know he's the most fouled, you know, sort of striker in the Premier League, but how bad are some of those fouls? I like the Stephen Pienaar fouls where he was always mm-hmm. going over quite easily. Um, he could be more robust at times and be a little bit more, you know, physically imposing. But I would say about the Charles, a lot of stick given out about him this week and stuff. He's got 11 goals in, 11 Premier League goals in 20, Premier League goals. goals in 23 games or something like that. He's got 11 in all competitions, yes. right? Yeah. Which is great return, great yeah. return isn't it? You know, a sneak peek yeah. of this week's Royal Blue column, Gav. No, 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 no. He's giving it away. <laughs> great match, Phil, great match. But, you know, you've got to look at it, not as it stands at the moment, the big picture of this season, coming to Everton, big, big price tag. He's not, let's face it, he's only played in his best position probably after the season. Yeah. He's been, and worse than he's been chunted from one position to the other, like, on alternate weeks on a lot, lot of occasions. So that return is, you know, you would say, yeah, we'll have that. Um, especially when nobody else is knocking the goals in apart from Sigurdsson mm. so we need Ben Judson Richardson we've got to see the big picture and say yeah he's done really well yeah. for what he's you know and he needs to kick on from here and before we come on to discuss whether Richardson will play uh, and a few others whether they will force their way back into the 11 for Saturday Wheeler, oh, <laughs> a bit of a daft question perhaps but what, what sort of reception are you expecting Silva will receive uh, judging by the reception he got by the small band of Watford fans that were in Goodison in December, I imagine it's going to be a pretty hostile one. I know he kind of played it down at the press conference today, but they really don't like him, do they? <laughs> and the fact that the chief executive more or less alluded to that in yeah, this uh, yeah. in this fans forum as well, I think, yeah, he's, he he probably played it well today, I thought, at the press. He, there's no point p- piling any more on it because he's going to come in for some serious stick, isn't he? And from a purely Watford perspective, you could probably understand that if that was your manager, that did what he did well don't get me wrong you would go and try and get an opportunity to go and take over Everton but if I'm a Watford fan you could probably understand it Preno do you think that that Watford have uh, a right to have pursued this claim or you know you know give it up lads you know it's been and gone or I'm I'm only easy with it because he was sacked by Watford you know it's not like you know Everton poached him away from Watford they didn't you know their season had started to unravel and you could argue that yes you know so Everton's alleged illegal approaches are what led to that unravelling but they took the decision to sack him you know so it was you know sometime after that you know so they had like I don't know how long it was a couple of months was it before they finally mm-hmm. took that decision mm-hmm. so to then pursue a claim against Everton seems a, a little strange and I've spoken to people about this and the suggestion is that, you know, Italian owners, you know, so at Watford Football Club, and it's part of this, you know, so Italian mentality of being disrespected that they just can't really uh, abide with and can't handle. And they, they basically want, you know, so Everton to be punished, you know, because they feel it being disrespected as people. Um, it's been a long time, you know, so sorting it out. The Premier League have had an awful long time to address this. And you know, it, it's strange, it has taken so long. They've either got evidence that Everton have made an illegal approach or they haven't, you know, so, and if they haven't throw it out if they have you know punished the club and do something about it uh, but it's, it's weird and I'm, I'm surprised that it's taken so long and be that Watford is still pursuing it mm. Gav would you have felt aggrieved you know alleged alleged for an, after an alleged uh, illegal approach um, would you feel aggrieved you were a Watford supporter with what went on probably yeah yeah I'm with Wheeler on this I think two things were not uncoincidental no, but having said that, what we know about Silver is he's, he's a good start. And then, as you've seen this season with us, and maybe mm-hmm. that would have happened anyway, regardless of whether we'd made that an, an alleged approach or whatever you would call it. Um, but it's a bit, yeah, I, I, that, it's like kind of any, lots of scenarios, isn't it, like that, being played out with Coombe and Southampton? 
Did he go to Southampton after he'd joined us? No, let's face it, every, every, you know, every single manager, manager in the Premier yeah, League who's stick. in a job now has been tapped up yeah, to some absolutely. degree. It happened to Roberto Martinez. You know, he was Bill Carrot had lunch with him and you know actually rang <laughs> Dave Whelan. You know, so from having lunch with him, but you know they did it in the correct manner. They say, um, you know, every David Moyes, you know, so was clearly tapped up by Manchester United. He was invited to Alex Ferguson's house, you know, yeah. while he was Emerson manager. If that's not tapping up, you know, what, what mm, is? Mm. So, you know, it happens all the time. There's just degrees of it. And we don't know, you know, so what has angered Watford so much about Everton's apparent approach for, for Silva. But clearly it has angered them. But, you know, it happens everywhere. You know, so it, it seems strange to, you know, sort of isolate this one incident and try and punish Everton for it. Going on the retrospective line, didn't we get fined over Mike Walker? We did. Yeah. 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 Should find Norwich for sending them to us. I mean, look, we, we we await the decision of the yeah. Premier League, don't we? But it it would be a ginormous leap to be issuing points deductions per hour, wouldn't it? Well, it would do because, you know, Everton's immediate reaction then would be, okay, Manchester United tapped us up yeah, the day with yeah. noise. You it know, unravels, so, doesn't it? Exactly. You know, so how many other football clubs would have claims and counterclaims? You know, I, I, I suspect if Everton are guilty, it would be quite a, a punitive fine. But you don't know, you're second guessing it's never happened before. You know, mm. so it would be groundbreaking. And let's face it, Everton have been in the unique position <laughs> of being groundbreaking, you know, on the receiving end of punishments before, i.e. Umar Nias, you know, the only person punished for similar the only the first person punished yes, for simulation. Yeah. So, <laughs> what, what's the phrase? Ever than that. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing about Japan, you can't possibly give a point deduction for like the following season in which the events took place, can no, it? It has no. to be. It has to be within that camp, self-contained yeah, yeah. within that campaign. You imagine isn't it? so. You know, you can't punish people for something that happened eighteen months ago in the following season. If it'd been last season, perhaps not this season. No, no, you know. Mm-hmm. We know in December when Watford came to um, Goodison, we we salvaged the draw and in time added on Luca Dean's free kick. How significant or, or or not of any particular note would it be for Silva in the context of his season and his standing um, with supporters and perhaps for the reassurance of Mashiri if he went and got a result um, on Saturday? I think it's important because of the run that we're on currently is it nine and 15 defeats mm. but also because of the break you know it, yeah. it defeats here going into what is it 17, 18 days about days. a game that, those questions that were certainly being asked after Wolves rightly or wrongly and kind of like subsided a little bit given the improved display against Manchester City would definitely come back out and it just wouldn't feel good because you know Watford would be kind of lording it over us you know and you, do, you certainly don't want to be in that position from a club such as Watford really. well they were better than us in December weren't they yeah no, there's no bones about it and it's not like an, an arrogant point of view that because you know we've seen this season that a lot of teams in and around us in the table like Wolves are, are probably better football teams at the mm. moment or in further ahead than, than, yes. than Everton want to be but it's just you've seen how what Deeney said this week you've seen what the chief executive they would absolutely love it you know if uh, if they got the got the win and, and won comfortably for instance on, on Saturday I think it's a really important game for him you know because he's he's took a lot of a lot of stick hasn't he from Watford he's going to take even more on Saturday afternoon it'd be just it'd see, may, maybe say a lot about him and, and maybe the players you know if the players go out there and get behind the manager and yes. really fight for him I think it, it could be significant as you said Prano, you 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 in agreement there in that respect? Yeah, totally. It's a huge game um, for, for exactly you know the reasons we was just uh, outlined there. You know, it's a long, long time to mull over three successive defeats. You know, so if um, you know, if it was to be that at the weekend. You know, a draw wouldn't be a bad result. Uh, you know, so a win would be wonderful, and would maybe you know just restore 
a little bit of faith in Marco Silva because you don't know quite how, you know, the, the, the wider support base are feeling. You only get like a small sample on social media, but, you know, there are plenty of social media critics out there. Uh, you already hear, you know, you, your mate Mike Walker mentioned in the same sentences as Marco <laughs> Silva, which is very, very harsh and, and ridiculous, I would say. You know, he's only been there five minutes and there have been very, very positive signs, you know, so uh, earlier in his tenure than we've seen recently. Uh, but he just needs a really good performance and a good result to restore a little bit of that faith and mm-hmm. allow people to dwell on, you know, so 17 or 18 days of positivity over what becomes the next, you know, so really big test, you know, an away game at Cardiff, which is the game we should be looking to win. And then obviously the derby, you know, which comes hot on the heels of that. So it's an important period for Silva. And, uh, you know, the game at the weekend is very, very important. Yeah, it's, it's not an ordinary run-of-the-mill fixture. I think it has more significance than that. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Okay, we'll leave um, the manager in Watford uh, to one side for time being and we'll speak about the players who um, were dropped for the midweek game. You know, Michael Silva making five changes. One was enforced, of course, with the injuries of Leighton Baines. Dropped to the bench. Richarlison, Sigerson, Coleman dropped out the squad completely. Adamola, Luckman. Um, Gav, what are you, if you're Adamola, Luckman... You feeling hard done by? Are you, are you a bit pissed off around the place this week? <laughs> um, probably, yeah, yeah. Has, have you heard any more insights into the reasons for that? EG, it was a technical decision, so, so he was dropped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I would think so. Um, Unfairly treated, do you think? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, absolutely. In what way? Not for being well, bombed from the squad entirely, or yeah, yeah, I think so. I just. He's not played well recently, though, has he? I know, he? but who has? I mean, yeah. that's the thing. I mean, who has played well with just recycling players? And, and I think, I go back to what I said a few weeks about, about some is you've got to give him a go in the team. I mean, Farhad, Farhad said, quote-unquote, this week, you know, about our young players need time to develop our young players. Mm. Well, hang on a minute. We just, I know, it's Marco's choice. We, we've, you know, we, we've left somebody out of the squad who I think is... Capable, we should be giving, giving a run in the team too. I mean, Bernard was okay on, you know, Wednesday, but he wasn't that air chatteringly good. Mm. And, and Luckman can play down the right, yeah, and, and let's and, talk and about Theo's performance. <laughs> would have, would have been, would have playing four young players, because you play Calvert Lewin, Davis, and Kenny, would have fourth have just upset the balance a bit in a game that was well, always well, going to yeah, be. Yeah, I, I get that if that's the reason, yeah. but if he's just being dropped because. Actually, I'm not happy with your performances. Then I think yeah, I've got a, a right to be aggrieved. Um, and I, just, I said a few weeks ago that you just need to run in the team, not necessarily producing like sort of a eight on ten performance each week, just just to give him mm. give him game time because I think there's a talent there that we need to get the best out of. And uh, I think he can, in the context of a season that we've struggled largely since December, I think he's. He, I think he'd be quite right to be having a bit of a moan and I should be getting more game time here because at least one player on the pitch is not performing week in, week out in a four position. You know, Theo. Oh, and, he, and he's getting plenty of game time. Mm. And that's what, you know, if I was Adam Ola, that would be the argument I'd be saying. Yes, yeah. Um, Wheelow, um, Richardson was named on the bench um, on Boxing Day at Burnley, but obviously Marco made that clear after the game that he was rested. So... He was dropped for the first time under Marco Silva in the league uh, on Wednesday night. 
significant? Do you think that Richarlison is now, now going to struggle to get back in the team? No, I I didn't particularly disagree with it. Just judging by his kind of body language, kind of we were touching on before earlier against against Wolves, I just felt it might be good just to get him out of the firing line because with the greatest respect, it was always going to be a very, very difficult game to get anything out of against Manchester City. But on the flip side, as I say, as, as, mu- as much better performance as it was, didn't really have a shot. And probably that was down to a lot of the fact that we didn't have Richarlison or Sigerson starting. You kind of hit home that you take those two players out the side, how kind of shot shy we are, really. Mm. No, I, I agreed with it. I think it, hopefully it'll do him well, get him refreshed with this big game on Saturday. But no, I, I don't think it's a long-term thing with him. Mm. Preno, um, Sigerson was, was the name that we've not talked about who was dropped. Richarlison, I think we'd all agree, would be somebody who the club sees as part of their long-term future. Yeah. Gilfie Sigerson at 29 has been off the boil for a few weeks. If you're him, is your omission from a big game, you know, against probably the best opponent that will come to Goodison this season... Are you a bit concerned if you're him at that, you know, thinking, well, the manager doesn't trust me to play in this game? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would be concerned if I was him. And, and equally, of all the changes that he made on a Wednesday night, that was the one that surprised me the most. Um, you know, John Joe Kenny for Coleman, you know, the three young players that came in with the best performers on the night. Calvert-Lewin was good. You know, he had a really, you know, sort of positive game. Tom Davis was excellent. And John Joe Kenny was decent. Couple of moments, you know, uh, sloppy passing, you know, so let City in. But generally, you know, so he, he was more assured than Seamus has been in recent games. Sigurdsson, I'm a fan of Sigurdsson's. You know, I like, you know, the, the passing he brings into that role, you know, the, the goal threat that he brings. He's not been playing great over the last few uh, few weeks and I accept the argument that we've had in this room before that he slows the game down a little bit in that area and Tom Davis playing in that position was great you mm. know so he did but City play from the back you know and it's uh, you know so it'd be a different kind of you know game at Watford at the weekend just mm. I, I think Sigurdsson could consider himself unfortunate to be left out and I'd be surprised if he's left out again tomorrow if he's left out tomorrow yes he has got something to be worried about you know mm. so certainly at his age the interesting one will be Tom Davis because just from what you know Marco said at his press conference you know he said um uh, he just said, I've got a decision to make tomorrow. And I'm thinking, no, you haven't. You know, he played great on Wednesday. And that just made me think he's actually thinking about, you know, mm. so maybe whether he includes him or not. If Davis is left out, that would be ridiculously harsh, you know, so given the way he's performed in the last couple of games. But we're second guessing. You're trying to read things into what the manager's saying in his press comments there, which is often a dangerous thing to do. Uh, but, you know, to go back to what you actually said, Sigurdsson, yeah, I think he was harshly left out. And I think he's still got far more quality than most of the players, you know, so in the squad at the moment. And I'd like to see him back in there again. Um, we were going to, we were going to come, come on to Davis, um, Gav. You can't drop him, can you, after that performance? It's the best performance he's produced probably since the City game in, in 2017. 2017, yeah. Uh, interesting on this. I think Sigurdsson, we were talking, we were doing our selector team on the podcast, we <laughs> on uh, Tuesday. And I think, did we all say Sigurdsson should be benched? And um, I think, oh, that's it. And I said it. Yeah. I've got a funny feeling. Uh, Adam said it as well. And my rationale was against Guardiola's team got to play a flat midfield as such and you haven't really got that option option with Sigurdsson because he's more of a forward midfielder yes. and you, you lose that use that little, little sort of defensive cover in a flat three by playing Sigurdsson so the, and the flat three worked didn't it really um, and I think that was possibly the reason why he was benched on Wednesday uh, on that basis, I, I fully expect them to be back in the team tomorrow, um, purely because you've got nobody who can score goals. Mm. And um, so, uh, and I, I, do, I do like he's a he's a funny player. Sigurdsson is 
he's a player who'll give you great moments, won't only rather than great games. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. he won't run a game for you. But most games he'll give you two or three good moments, a good set piece or a goal, a spectacular goal. He's not gonna run a, a game for you, so he's not really like a number ten. So that assuming he comes back in tomorrow, it is an incessant conundrum because you're then talking of two hours of Gomez, Guy and Davis, aren't mm-hmm. you really? Uh, which is interesting unless you went through the option of playing Guilfi out wide which we did last year uh, to be fair is he yeah um, for the game that Marco in theory likes to play is he too slow for that position yeah, though? yeah I think so um, I'm just thinking of options so what about your, your, about your Davis you'd have to play Davis wouldn't you, you what about revisiting your idea oh, playing, playing him up front, front. yeah yeah I actually I see I, I can't that has to be an option for me that has to be taken forward. I mean, Dominic Calvaloon is a similar type player mm. to Sigurdsson. I mean, I like Dom. There's some aspects of Dominic's play I like. He's a little but, quicker. But he's a little quicker. <laughs> but he holds onto the ball. So he slows yeah. the game up. I mean, that's the, something he needs to learn is that he, sl- he takes four or five touches sometimes where one touch will do. Mm. And on, on, on Wednesday, there's a number of occasions where we had like slight openings where if Dominic, if he released the ball quicker, to Tom, I think, got in a couple of times. We, we might have uh, got in behind them. And so from in that respect, taking the pace side of the wave, they're actually two similar players, both in stature and like sort of the way the you know the way the way they play the game. So I, I see you know, I, I would actually welcome that just just to just see how it works. Um but you asked about Davis, like, you've got to play, you've got to play him. Marco's picked them up today. Um I suspect I'm just thinking of their midfield they set up. No. How, how we, how might, we gonna, might, how, might not be. Are we going to contain the impact of the Decore? Yeah. Mm. yeah. That's he's physically be, imposed, yes. isn't he, Decore? Um, I think he'd probably have to play. I'd, I'd play. It's an incest. I don't no, know. I, sorry I, I to put you on the spot either. there. I'm stumbling at because, all, but I don't know what the solution is. Um, in, in some respects, it's a nice one to have. You, you'd have to play Gomez because yes. he gives us something. Yeah. So therefore, if you play Davis, you'd, you'd have to drop, by process elimination, you'd have to drop a dress a guy, wouldn't you, really? And he was great on Wednesday. The second half performance yeah. was excellent. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. badly missed yeah. against Wolves. Apart from going to ground for the first goal. What, no, yeah, biggest, second half performance. Yeah. What's, my, yeah. Yeah. what's my biggest, what I've said in the pod for three years, goes to ground far too quickly, mm-hmm. especially against the bigger teams. Um, yeah, you'd have to drop guy, wouldn't you? I, I want, I'd want Gomez on the pitch and I want Tom Davis on the pitch and I'd want Sigurdsson on the Don't pitch. Know, Gomez was the first one hooked on Wednesday. He was the one yeah. hauled off, you know, after Could an be. hour. So Yeah, so Gomez or Guy, take, take your pick. I, I think he gives us something of Gomez, doesn't he? Mm, going forward. I think so. so. I think so. I think you lose that. Well, we mentioned it before. It wasn't initially on the agenda, but it feels appropriate to talk about him. What's going on with Walcott? Well, what has been going on with Walcott? Rather, sorry, it's, it's been dragging on, isn't it? It's the big question, isn't it? I was really pleased when we brought him in January, was it? Yeah. Last year, and I think he was probably one of the better performances in the second half of the season and I felt it was quite big money for his age, but he had quality, no doubt about it. But started this season pretty well, but he's just completely dropped off a cliff. And like, as Gav was saying earlier, that if I was looking, I'd be absolutely furious because not being, and he, he probably is the poorest of the lot. I, I'd, yeah. I'd say, certainly the last couple of months 
it's, it's his body language. He's, mm. He doesn't look interested. Yeah. Or maybe, I don't know, is it a confidence thing? I don't know. But I don't think fans are getting on his back, so it, sh- it shouldn't mm. be that. But he just doesn't look like he's there at the moment. And it's... I, I wonder if a lot of it is, you know, very, very similar to Wayne Rooney and that he's been playing top flight football since, since he was 16. Yeah. And, you know, he's, okay, he's 29, is he now? 30. And, you know, people think, oh, well, that's still quite young, but that's a lot, lot of football behind him, like nearly 14, 15 years. And, you know, players do lose a bit of spark to get a bit jaded. I mean, Rooney got rounded by dropping further down, down the pitch and, you know, so using his football ability in a different position. Walcott hasn't got that football brain, you know, so he, his, his pace was everything. It was all about his explosive pace and what he did at the end of it. Um, and so, you know, do you play him in a different position? Centre forward, he's played at Arsenal before and he's played very well in that position well, I was before. Say, is there any coincidence that his best performance in the last four or five months maybe for Everton was at Burnley on Boxing Day where he effectively cut, he was basically almost playing off 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 I think it was Calvert Lewin I think yeah. he was very he tucked in he wasn't he was hardly on the wing really especially in the yeah. second half and Marco said that's the real Theo so well, is maybe, that maybe the that, only way to get the best out maybe of that's why he needs to revitalise him because you know he does look jaded I thought he was anonymous as being kind on yeah. Wednesday mm-hmm. uh, the occasions that he was involved he, he was ineffective um, maybe he just needs you know something different to refresh him and he's always said in the past when he was at Arsenal you know he always said centre forward was his favourite position he had the one full season there where he scored 20 odd goals and did very well a long time ago I know uh, but you know nothing to be lost you know so it's a season that's going nowhere anyway now so mm-hmm. you know at least you know experiment with it for two or three games but then if you're Marco Silva do you think well Theo Walcott 30 probably somebody we might look to move on and it wasn't his signing so yeah, yeah given yeah. his wages is there any point possibly sorry to be blunt yeah. about it no, but you know no. he's, yeah, it's true. absolutely it's true. I mean you were talking about motivation where he was on Wednesday or mm. last time you saying that, you know when Mark was talking about players need to be self-motivated yeah. we were saying we were drawing the, the distinction between young players who are coming through and then you hope they're self-motivated they should be because you want to create and Lucas have created in the game the, that becomes very difficult and different question for players in the late 20s who are on their last big contract yeah, yeah. and um, and you know so well actually for next two or three years I'm no more next tens of thousand pounds a week and I'm just wondering whether when he was saying that maybe he wasn't talking about the whole squad he was talking maybe about two or three people in the yeah, squad yeah and if that's the case I would suggest that Walcott has certainly come into that, that mm. category I don't think he was trying to tie everybody with the same brush. I think he was talking maybe about, you know, maybe even Gilfie in that, mm-hmm. um, within that. And and I think I agree with Pernau. Now, it, it, it sort of then the obvious question about the transfer policy when you're buying, mm-hmm. buying players that ill. Was Walcott the type of, exactly the type of signing that Everton guarded against in January and I mean that in the nicest possible way because he has shown as it stands yeah. himself to have been a short term fix yeah yeah I think it's, it's a, it's a not a, wouldn't be a brand sign would it no, no. Um, but he did that's probably, he, he did. was one of our best yeah. players yes, at yeah. the end of last yeah, yeah, season yeah, yeah. And he's, he's got two in his first three, was it this yeah, year? Yeah, opening like day, wasn't yeah. it? He yeah. scored, yeah. scored, scored the Bournemouth in their uh, first home game Southampton, yeah, yeah um, but since then he's just you know, I can't can't think of anything in in a game in three months where what have you done there? Yeah, you know? there's a moment where he's created yeah. something. Up. He's, he's another one who's been hit by the Anfield curse it's since he like overran that ball oh, and down the cup ends that, yeah. at Anfield. He hasn't done anything since then, has he? Yeah, <laughs> scored against Spurs, but was was yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but so I think 
ja, is, is toch iets kerkeem at the moment. That is the general just, feel, isn't it, Gavin? Yeah, uh, yeah, especially absolutely. in Goodison, when the team sheet drops, people go, he's a lucky yeah. boy. Yeah. He's only getting away with it at the moment because there's other targets to be shot at. Quite legitimately by supporters. Yeah. If you were playing well and he was in the team, he'd be the one. He'd, he'd be, be getting all the all the. A, a successful team has a players who've got hunger, obvious hunger. You know, they've got yeah. appetite. And you see, Richarlison's got the hunger. You see, he really wants to succeed. He really wants to, you know, sort of get out there. Even though he's not playing particularly well, the younger players do. You don't see it with Walcott, though. No. no. You, you see a player that does appear to be going through the motions at times, and it's. I think it was against Wolves, wasn't it? You know, when he, he got through, Sigurdsson played the ball through and it hit the keeper, then hit his leg. And I was, we were in the main stand, so I was looking at his reaction. And he was just like, he just didn't do anything. Yeah. He didn't look upset, didn't look angry with himself. He was just like, okay. And he just looked at him then and thought, do you care enough? Yeah. And like, I'm not, I don't want to uh, cast aspersions on his character, but it's, it's like you come, he's, he's done what he wants to do in the game, hasn't he? He scored hats for England, you know, been gone to a World Cup when he was 16. He's on, he's made for life. And you do wonder now, like, do you want this enough? Mm. And, you know, his performances to me suggest that. I don't think he does. No. Interesting to see if Theo Walcott gets the nod again uh, at Watford tomorrow. Um, before we end, chaps, get your predictions for the game, uh, Pro. <sighs> I get these wrong every single week because I'm always, like, really optimistic. <laughs> and try as I might... I can't see Everton winning the physical battle down there. The crowd are going to be against them, you know, so the players are going to be so up for it. It's untrue. The Wofford players, that is. I'm hoping that the Everton players will show a real show of character, real show of bottle, real show of desire, and, you know, replicate the, the, the game of Goodison and get a draw. I can't see better than that, unfortunately. Gav? Got the best one last year, weren't we? We were hopeless oh, last year, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. the evening game. Well, of course, it was the infamous game where nil-nil and... Sam was going to bring on Schneidlin. Yeah. <laughs> Have what we hold. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, it's got to be better than last year. He also, that was the game where he, he said, I can't tell the players to pass to each other or something of that else, didn't he? It was, oh, yeah. It, it yeah. badly Sam, he was Sam really, speak. yeah, really yeah. began to unravel. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> What was the question? That was the aim. Yeah, let's not introduce Allardyce into the conversation. Yeah, yeah. all nice. Um, <laughs> I'll go with the. I don't, they've not had a nil-nil draw for donkeys years, have they? Watford. We've not drawn since we played Watford in uh, December. In yeah. December, all our games have been wins or losses, one more than the other, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to go with a draw after all that. In fact, I'll go with a goalless draw. Oh, yeah, yeah. Never wow. been a, beautiful. Never, never <laughs> been a goalless draw between the teams. Wow. By the way, it's, it's one of those fixtures that always has loads of goals, loads of doesn't goals. it? Four fours, yeah. five fours, three three twos. So, so on the basis yeah. that I don't. We've not drawn for ages. There's never been a goal that's drawn the fixture. It's got to be a nil-nil, hasn't it? Makes a compelling argument. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was quite downbeat before the City prediction, so... Did I you think get the City I, prediction correct? I, I went 3-1 to City, oh, right, like, okay. and I probably shouldn't have done that. But I I do have, do have concerns about the, the team's backbone and the atmosphere is going to be very difficult. But, you know, people like Tom Davis, John Joe Kenny, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, if they play like they did... On Wednesday night, they do it on Saturday. It should inspire the teammates. So I, I'm hopeful of getting a point. Yes, I think I'll, I'll go for a point. 1-1. One, one. Yeah, I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. <Sure. laughs> Let's just hope the goal we concede if we yeah. do concede. Isn't from a free kick oh, in a yeah. wide area. Because Marco really. ain't speaking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Shouts. Thank you for your company. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, you can rate, review and subscribe to us on iTunes and the Acast app, so please do. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.